We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's the outlook at quarterback for Oregon Ducks football as they eye the start of spring practice next week? That's our focus on today's episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, how we live in? How's everybody doing? Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish podcast. Just in case you're new here, I'm your host, Max Torres. Do me a quick favor. Just take a second out of your day before we get into today's episode. Smash that like and subscribe button. We are here on YouTube at Oregon Football Max Torres. Uh, really appreciate you guys taking some time out of your day to tune in and Talk some duck football with me as we are getting so close. We are one week away from the start of spring practice in Eugene. So it's going to be an exciting time. Feels like a long, long time since we last got some duck football. Got a little taste of it with uh, the combine, right? And then you have the draft in April, but haven't had the ducks practicing for, for quite some time. Uh, last little reminder, uh, leave me a comment or ask a question on the channel here, uh, I'm going to do my best to try to interact with you guys and, and uh, get some of your questions integrated into future shows. But I'm starting a little bit of a mini series here, uh, if you want to call it that, on the Ducks Dish podcast, where I take a closer look and preview each position group uh, on the Oregon football team heading into the start of spring practice. So some of these episodes might be a little bit uh, shorter here and there, but don't you worry, I'm going to do my very best to make sure that it is still worth a listen for you guys. Want to make sure I'm putting quality content and quality content only out here on YouTube and on the podcast for your listening pleasure. So here we are. We're going to be starting our preview looking at the quarterback position because why wouldn't you start with the quarterback position? It's the most important position on the field. And honestly, it's kind of been a hit and miss position for Oregon in recent years, right? Um, you know, looking more recently, uh, you know, last four or five years, if you want to kind of dial it back then when Oregon was really doing well uh, with Justin Herbert, he was a stud and obviously clearly underutilized given how well he's performing in the NFL. Then you had Tyler Shuck in that uh, 2020 COVID shortened season. He hit the portal and went to Texas Tech. And then Anthony Brown, the Boston College transfer, takes over in 2021. And then Bo Nix comes over in the uh, out of the transfer portal for the 2022 season so that's kind of just a brief a brief summary in case you guys haven't been watching Oregon football or you just need to be caught up real quick but uh as we kind of break this down a little bit I think that 
Bo Nix is obviously the headline of the group, right? He's the star of the team. You know, a lot of people would probably say that he's the team's best player, certainly the best player on offense. And um, let's just look at how he did in, in 2022, right? Looking at some of the numbers, you have uh, his, some of his passing stats here. I have on my other screen, 294 of 409. Uh, that is 71.9% completion percentage. 3,593 passing yards for 29 passing touchdowns against just seven interceptions. And then obviously the big part of Bo Nix's game is that he can hurt you with his legs too. He's a true dual threat quarterback, 89 carries for 510 yards and 14 touchdowns on the ground. And heck, he even threw a receiving touchdown in there for the fun of it. That came against Colorado. I want to say that was in uh, October uh, maybe early November, I can't quite remember, but he did have that receiving touchdown uh, from Bucky Irving in that game against Colorado. And just to dig a little bit deeper into Bo Nix's numbers, I think I'm going to rewind it a little bit. Now that we know how he actually did at Oregon, let's kind of just take ourselves back to when Bo Nix committed to Oregon. I was writing the story a little bit ago, and I want to say it was December 19th, 2021, I remember I was driving from Eugene with my with my roommate Breck. So uh, Breck, if you're listening to this, quick shout out. Uh, he was driving me to Portland uh, to catch a flight home for the Christmas holiday season. And Bo Nix committed. I'm not even kidding. The second that we got into the car, leaving my house from Eugene. So uh, you know that's just a reality of being in the sports journalism business, sports journalism industry. Is that news can break at any time, and you got to be ready to to cover it. So I flipped my hotspot on and, you know, broke my laptop out and, and I wrote the story, but, uh, it was, it was wild because it was, you know, pretty unexpected, but at the same time, I think in the era of the transfer portal and the coaching carousel, you see a lot of these reunions of coaches and quarterbacks or coaches and other players when they move to a new spot, going from one school to the next, Kenny Dillingham, obviously the offensive coordinator, uh, under Dan Landing in his first year at Oregon. We all know that Dillingham was only at Oregon for one year, and he has since taken the head coaching job at Arizona State out there in Tempe in his home state of Arizona. But when Bo Nix committed, it was, I feel like, just from kind of reading responses and, and kind of gauging social media, talking to some Duck fans that I know here and there, it, it felt like it was kind of a mixed bag. You know, it was good that you got an experienced guy, someone who came from the SEC, you know, where you play against the best defenses in college football. You play, that's the gold standard of college football. You know, I don't want to prop the SEC up too much, but that is where the best football is played more often than not um, on a year-to-year basis. So you have a quarterback that has experience going against some really, really talented defenses, got his first win against the Ducks. That was kind of another bonus storyline, but the thing with Knicks was, is you'd find these, you'd get these amazing plays from him, one drive, and then the next drive, he could try to be improvising and, and try to do too much with the ball, and then he would turn it over. So I think that every Oregon fan probably knew that he had a bunch of big play potential, a bunch of big play upside as a quarterback, but taking care of the ball really wasn't a strength of his, which is why his 2022 season was remarkable. I was going through some of those numbers in Bo Nix's lone season with the Oregon Ducks, one of his accomplishments that kind of, one of his achievements that went under the radar, this guy set the Oregon single season record for completion percentage. 
He's the first quarterback in Oregon program history, first, first starting Oregon quarterback in program history to ever post a completion percentage of 70 or higher at 71.9. So you have a guy that you took from Auburn from the transfer portal. You were worried about turnovers and he threw 29 touchdowns and just seven interceptions. And I think another note that makes those numbers even more impressive for Bo Nix, a lot of those interceptions came in the earlier part of the season. You know, he had some an interception against Georgia and then, you know, some growing pains earlier on in the regular season, but he really did for the most part, just get better as the year went on. He, you know, became smarter with his decision-making. He wasn't trying to force passes. Um, I know I was thinking about this when I was looking through the rushing numbers. Someone can correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe there was one here or there, but I, I want to say that he didn't fumble the ball. And for a quarterback that had darn near 90 carries for him to have 14 touchdowns and not a, and not fumble it, that's, that's pretty amazing. So Bo Nix just came to Oregon and he looked like a completely different quarterback. He revitalized his career under Kenny Dillingham. He went from somebody who was, I don't think laughing stock is, I think laughing stock is too aggressive of a word to say, but he was not viewed as one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC while he was at Auburn, I think. So he relocates to the West Coast, you know, Western, um, Western Oregon in Eugene and, um, you know, just just kind of does his thing and he settles right in and, and he really grew a tremendous amount as as a quarterback. Um, so he took care of the ball and he learned from early season miscues. Those were some of the biggest marks of what embodied Bo Nix's success while he was at Oregon in 2022. And he's coming back in 2023. And, you know, he's only looking to improve upon those marks, to improve upon what he was able to do in the 2022 season. And another thing that I look at when I look at Bo Nix's improvement, when I look at his body of work during the 2022 season, I thought that he got, I thought that he, rather, I thought he got a healthy balance of taking what the defense gave him and then taking risk because you could argue that he was taking too many risks before he got to Oregon, but maybe Kenny Dillingham was the QB whisperer, or maybe Bo Nix really just needed a, a change of scenery Maybe the Pac-12 defenses really are just that much worse than the SEC. I think it's a combination of everything. I think, but that's still a really good development that you saw from Bo Nix, that he was able to look like a guy who spent three years in the SEC, look like a veteran quarterback, look like a guy who had played a lot of football and was capable of making really smart decisions with the football. So I thought that was huge. You know, that healthy balance of taking what the defense gives him, you know, we don't have to take the top off the defense, go for the deep ball all the time. Uh, maybe it makes sense to, to take the check down here and there when we need to. I think before Bo Nix got to Oregon and the Mario Cristobal, Joe Moorhead, you know, let's be honest, the Mario Cristobal offense with Anthony Brown, everyone was kind of saying that there were too many check downs, but that definitely wasn't the case with Oregon and Bo Nix last year. He had the agility and mobility to improvise in the pocket a little bit, buy himself some time, but hey, if something still wasn't there, then you could you know check it down. So I thought that was awesome. And then another important point with Bo Nix's game for a guy who runs as much as Bo Nix does, he's not taking a lot of unnecessary hits. Granted, granted, he did take that big hit against Washington, which was a huge bummer. Uh, we all know how that game ended, how that game unfolded. I'm not sure if that was the best play call 
uh, running your quarterback up the middle um, with that really, really long drive. You know, you guys can can let me know what you thought about that play call from Kenny Dillingham in that game against Washington. But really, aside from that, he's a guy who was, you know, physical enough. He's a warrior. He's a, a guy who's going to battle for everything he gets, but he's not unnecessarily putting himself in harm's way, which is really important because to a degree, the quarterback situation, and I'll talk about this a little bit more later on in this episode when I talk about some of the other passers in the room, the depth last year compared to this year is not all of that different if we're strictly looking at a scholarship um a scholarship quarterback situation. And the point I'm kind of trying to get at there is that there's not a whole lot of proven depth in this quarterback room. There wasn't last year. And I think you can make the argument that there really isn't that much this year. So what am I saying when I say that Bo Nix is basically, you know, what this team has when, when Bo Nix got hurt and Ty Thompson had to come in, um, you know, things didn't go how Oregon wanted them to Um, granted, you know, that was a really brutal time to come into a game for Ty Thompson but we'll talk a little bit more about him later. So the, the point there is that you're not taking an unnecessary hits. You want a guy who's going to be physical, who's going to you know go to war for you and, and try to get all the yards you can, but you don't want him being reckless. That's basically what I'm saying when you're just talking about managing a dual threat quarterback. And another big storyline around the quarterback position and with Bo Nix and Eugene, this is the first time that Oregon has had continuity at the quarterback position with their starter from one season to the next. It really feels like it wasn't that long ago, but Oregon hasn't had a starting quarterback return for them to start another year since Justin Herbert between the 2018 and the 2019 seasons. Because remember I said after Herbert, it was um, Tyler Shuck. After Tyler Shuck, it was Anthony Brown. After Anthony Brown, it was Bo Nix. And now after Bo Nix, it's more Bo Nix. And what a colossal recruiting win that was for Dan Lenny and the Oregon Ducks to get him back to Eugene, especially after Kenny Dillingham's departure following that loss to Oregon State. That was kind of the biggest question that Duck fans were asking. What does this mean for Bo Nix? Is he going to come back to play for another year? But you have continuity. There's a there's a new offensive coordinator coming in, but largely, you know, you have you do have, not largely, you have continuity at the most important position on the field. And you know, the, with the era of the transfer portal, you know, quarterback, and this is a huge discussion that we can't probably just wrap up in this one episode. The quarterback position isn't necessarily one that you have to, um, you know, I think you have to, you have to recruit for the future and, you know, try to keep your roster just uh, stacked with talent, but you can go to the portal and get a guy for one year and he can, you know, make you super, super competitive. I mean, that was basically what Oregon and since we're talking Pac-12, what Washington did last year with Michael Penix, both of those guys could have gone to the NFL, but they both came back for another year. So uh, this is where you're getting that extra COVID year uh, really helping uh, Oregon. So I can't overestimate how much of a bonus I really think it is that Bo Nix is coming back for another year and that Oregon has continuity at quarterback, that is going to be absolutely huge. But just because Bo Nix is coming back doesn't mean that that erases all doubt, that erases all questions at the position, because now a big question that people are asking themselves is, can Bo Nix replicate his 2022 season under Will Stein? Can he, you know, or did Kenny Dillingham capture lightning in a bottle? And it's going to be hard to to replicate that in, in 2022, sorry, 2023, excuse me. 
I think that there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about Will Stein and what he brings to the table as an offensive coordinator, as a quarterback's coach. You know, you look at the numbers when he was at UTSA, they, they were, you know, top 25, I want to say, in most offensive statistical categories. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. He's a young guy, so a lot of people uh, innovate, you know, um, not innovate, sorry. A lot of people associate youth with being a guy who's going to recruit, youth being uh, a guy who's going to be innovative and creative on offense, who's going to adapt to where the game is going. And I think that those are all things that you could probably see Will Stein doing. Um, I think that it's it's a little bit of a bummer that you have to have another new coordinator um, because obviously if you were asking Dan Lenning right now, hey, you want to lose your offensive coordinator? I'm pretty sure he wouldn't say, yeah, I want to lose my offensive coordinator. But I'm saying all that to say I feel like Will Stein is a guy who's going to be smart enough to, to go into these meetings to come to Oregon and say, hey, this worked under Dillingham. Let's try to keep that going. And then, hey, here's a tweak or two that I want to bring to the table from what I thought worked well for me at UTSA and what I think can be uh, be uh, beneficial for us here at Oregon, given the personnel, given the opponent, what have you. Um, so that's a big question. Can Bo Nix do it again in 2023? And there's a reason in addition, there's reasons in addition to Will Stein, why I think that he can do that. You have a really good offensive line, uh, at least in terms of the personnel, the pieces that are there. You lose uh, Big Sala, you lose Forsyth, you lose Bass, you lose Walk. So that's a lot of guys. You know, that's four out of your five offensive linemen right there. But you still have Stephen Jones, who missed most of last year. He was a starter before he got hurt against Georgia. Um, you still have Marcus Harper, the second, who was a stud, who came in to support, uh, you know, came in uh, in place of Stephen Jones. You have Jackson Powers Johnson, who's been awesome since he got to Oregon. You have Josh Connerly Jr., who comes back from last year's team. And then you lose Adrian Clem uh, at that offensive line spot. That's a pretty significant loss for Oregon. We can talk more about that when we preview the O-line, but 
Before Adrian Clem headed to the NFL, he went out and got two of the top offensive linemen in the transfer portal in Ajani Cornelius, the tackle from Rhode Island, and Junior Angelau, who projects as a guard from Texas. So those are plug-and-play guys is what you would think. So to get Bo Nix to come back, you knew there had to be you know, a plan there. Hey, I want to make sure I'm getting some protection. And I think that he's going to have another great offensive line under Elite Terry, Mike Cavanaugh, and the rest of that offensive line staff. You have arguably the best backfield, the best stable of running backs in the country, certainly in the Pac-12. But I think that there's an argument to be made for Oregon having the best running backs in the country. You have good skill talent, Troy Franklin, Tez Johnson, Bo Nix's adopted brother. They obviously have a good chemistry from their time playing in Pinson, Alabama before uh, Tez went to Troy and Bo went to Auburn and then ended up at Oregon. Um, and then you also have Chris Hudson, Treshawn Holden, um, Kyler Casper. You know, there's there's more guys there. Justice Lowe, uh, an in-state guy from Lake Oswego. Uh, so there's some good pieces there. And then you also have Terrence Ferguson, Patrick Herbert, Kenyon Sadiq at tight end. I think you want to add some more pieces there, but there's good talent there for Bo Nix to work with. So that's the, that's the situation at quarterback for Bo Nix. Let's talk about some of the other names in the room, although admittedly there's not as much to talk about because they haven't played a whole lot of football. So Ty Thompson. Ty Thompson's the guy that uh, you know you talk about as the primary backup. And the story with him, we all know it, but we're just going to get everyone up to speed. He's the highest-rated quarterback to ever sign with the University of Oregon out of high school. Um, just to kind of sum up the, the career that he's had at Oregon since signing with Oregon in 2021. So he's played two seasons at Oregon, played very sparingly, but has served as the primary backup to Anthony Brown and then Bo Nix last year. But he comes in and the, the, the results are pretty much the same each time, right? He, he looks like he's not super comfortable. The offense gets a little bit choppy. Uh, it's not flowing the way that it used to, or that, you know, you would like it to. I don't even think he attempted a pass in that game uh, against Washington when he came in. So I thought that was pretty surprising. Um, you know, they kind of, it feels like the staff kind of took the ball out of his hands in, in that game, but you can, you can comment yourself what you thought there, but there's a lot of other factors that I think are at play here with, with Ty Thompson. The guys had three different offensive coordinators started with Joe Moorhead. Then he got Kenny Dillingham and now he has Will Stein. Um, I think that it's tough when you have a young quarterback who's trying to adjust to the college game he should probably be adjusted by now after two seasons in college, but he's trying to kind of find his way, find his role at Oregon and take that next step in his development. But you keep changing up the scheme. You keep changing up the, the coach that's going to come with some challenges. Right. And then there's some other things too. He's not being put in at the best times. Um, obviously that, that game against Washington is a, is a prime example. And then what I also mean by that is that he's getting put in at the end of games when, um, when, you know, it's kind of a blowout and you don't have the best personnel in there. Right. So he doesn't have the best offensive line, the, the best skill talent to work with and kind of magnify his talents. But with all that being said, I don't want to be making excuses for time. Just trying to, you know, lay out the whole context here. We have to make sure we say this. I think it's admirable what he's doing in terms of, you know, being a guy who's going to wait his turn. I, I think I saw Zach Neal talking about it with Joey Harrington on his podcast. That's where I saw it. And it was a really good point. So I think it bears repeating. Um, Ty Thompson's sticking around. Ty Thompson is biding his time, grinding, trying to become better, you know, facing the adversity that comes with all these coaches coming in and out. 
um, you know, a transfer coming in to, to two transfers, if you want to count uh, Anthony Brown as well. Right. Um, and then, um, and then Bo Nix coming in last year and he's, he's still sticking around. So he, the question right now is, can he be a reliable backup that the team needs him to be? If Bo Nix gets hurt or needs to miss any amount of time, this team needs to be confident that Ty Thompson can get them where they need to go and take care of business. So I think that it's admirable that he's waiting for his turn. You know, right now, I think you go through the 2023 season. Like I said, you want him to be your primary backup and then heading into 2024 in spring football, you want to be confident that Ty Thompson is going to be able to compete for the starting job because this could be, this could be Ty Thompson could be the most physically gifted quarterback that Oregon has ever had. I mean, the dude is just off the charts, got a cannon of an arm. We know that he can run. It's just a matter of putting it all together. But there's also some people out there that, you know, maybe ask, you know, hey, if this after this third season, if he can't put it together, you know, is, is it going to happen at Oregon or does it make sense to, to go to another spot? I'm, I'm rooting for Ty Thompson. I covered him a ton when he was getting recruited to Oregon um, and he's a great kid. So I definitely want to see him have some success at Oregon. And then there's one more scholarship quarterback that we have to talk about, and that is Austin Novosad, the 2023 Oregon quarterback signee from Dripping Springs, Texas. This was an interesting story because I remember he'd been committed to Baylor for a really long time. And before Oregon even got in the picture, you had Ohio State, uh, Notre Dame, uh, I want to say Texas A&M. You had some really big schools that were coming after Austin Novosad, trying to shake up his recruitment, trying to get him to budge, and he wouldn't do it. But then December comes around, Kenny Dillingham leaves, Dante Moore flips from Oregon to UCLA, the five-star quarterback, uh, and then SIL American had him as the number one overall recruit in the country. He flips to UCLA, and then Will Stein gets hired and just signs Austin Novosad like it was nothing. So there you see the Texas pipeline and the Texas connections really uh, paying dividends for Oregon. Just a couple notes on Novosad. You know, I went to see him at the Adidas All-American Bowl out in San Antonio in uh, early January, late December. Um, and I think that watching him play against some of those elite, elite guys, you know, he's a smooth guy at quarterback. I, I do like his throwing motion, but he maybe doesn't have the best mechanics uh, from kind of some of what I've seen other people say. And I think I can kind of validate that from seeing him in person. He's not a major dual threat guy. He's a guy that's going to be able to improvise, but I don't think he's going to be running a lot of read options. But there's one thing that's really good that absolutely stood out about Austin Novosad at the All-American Bowl. This dude can throw it deep. He's got a really good deep ball. He was in a groove with a bunch of different receivers during practices. I think that you can't really take the sample size of the game, you know, with, with too much. You have to take it with a grain of salt because the East just absolutely overpowered the West along the line of scrimmage, uh, whether that's the West's offensive line or the West's defensive line. If you watch that game, it was a blowout and Austin Novosad was playing for the West. So, I'm not trying to give them excuses, but I mean, they, they just were totally outmatched. The West was last thing on Austin Novosad. When I talked to him and, you know, learned about his decision, he was saying that, you know, he wanted to go to Oregon because in part, because he had an opportunity to learn behind Bo Nix to, to wait behind Bo Nix. You want to learn from a guy. If you have to wait, if you have to learn from everybody, you want to learn from someone going to the NFL. And that's the opportunity that Bo Nix kind of presents with Austin note to Austin Novosad. He's a young guy. Uh, and um, Oregon's going to need him to develop really in a hurry, not to play this year, but once Bo Nix leaves, it's kind of back to square one, depending on what they do in 2024 uh, on the recruiting trail and depending on how Ty Thompson looks this year, depending on how Austin Novosad looks this year in his development at Oregon. 
There are a trio of preferred walk-ons that the Ducks are going to have in 2023. That's Marcus Sanders from the 2022 class. That's Missouri State transfer Jake Van Dyne. And then local quarterback out of Sheldon, Brock Thomas. I don't think he's enrolled just yet, but I'm not totally sure. But I did want to make sure to uh, mention him because those are some of the other names in the quarterback room for Oregon. So the, the long and short of it, Oregon has an absolute stud, has a star quarterback, in Bo Nix, but behind him, it's pretty up in the air. It's pretty big question mark for Oregon. So uh, I hope we get to see Ty Thompson, maybe even Austin Novosad at some point. Uh, and I hope it's not out of necessity. I hope it's just because Oregon's winning games and they're putting themselves in good positions to get some of these younger guys involved. So that'll do it for this episode of the Ducks Dish podcast, looking at the quarterback position. Do me a favor and hit the like and subscribe button and share the Ducks Dish podcast with your friends, with your family, with other Duck fans. Important to lock in with me on all social media platforms. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at mtorresports. That's the quickest way to get my updates on Oregon football and Oregon football recruiting. That'll do it for today's episode. Appreciate you guys tuning in. However you're tuned in, wherever you're tuned in, Thanks so much for taking some time out of your day to talk some duck football with me. And we'll catch you in the next episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.